Welcome to Heartspeak Podcast, episode 166, Emerging from the Mists of Illusion. Welcome to the Heartspeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there. Wherever you are in the world, you are welcome. I've just come back from a wonderful trip to Egypt. I'll share a few of the highlights in the latter part of this podcast. But first, I want to talk about what's happening in the skies, what's happening astrologically, because there's a lot of movement, as always. First of all, on the 4th of December, we have a total solar eclipse in Sagittarius. This is very important. What is a solar eclipse? It's about awakening, the light suddenly shining, pouring in. And because Sagittarius is associated with the galactic center or galactic alignment, the light that's pouring in is coming from the center of the galaxy. So we are being engulfed with not just earthly energy, but with cosmic energy. And what does that mean to us? It means that we're waking up to our galactic position, our cosmic energy, to who we are as star people. I've spoken about that before. But perhaps what you're feeling is things are really going to change. And what's been going on over the last two years has given us that chance to cocoon ourselves, to be looking inside and saying, what don't I want to do anymore? And what has been hidden waiting to emerge? It's a theme I've spoken about before. But on December the 1st, Neptune went direct. So Neptune is the planet of creativity, unlimitedness, mysticism. But it also can mean that we feel misty and a little confused and we can get lost in illusion or delusion. And so you may have felt almost 10 days before December the 1st, a little confused, a little, a little sleepy, a little tired. But also maybe your psychic abilities have been increased over this time. So what does it mean to be more psychic? It means that you may have been tapping into deeper energies. You may have become overwhelmed by them, if I may say that, if you're very empathic. But these last 10 days or at the end of November could have caused you to both be more intuitive and more awake, which is what I want to share with you from my trip to Egypt. But it also could have meant you felt overwhelmed that there was so much information coming in from too many levels, which may have caused you just to shut down and fall asleep. Did that happen to any of you? Now, this energy of Neptune that's now moving forward may continue maybe for a week or even 10 days after December the 1st, i.e. up to December the 10th, as Neptune takes some time to get going again. And what does this mean? That I think that when Neptune was retrograde, we could have been both more intuitive, more intuitive for who we are, but we could also have got lost in other people's dreams or other people's illusions. 
So that's Neptune in Pisces, which is now moving forward. So be aware of your increased creativity, your increased intuitive insights, your dreams this is a great time to really focus on your dreams, make sure you write them down. And this is a time where the unlimited can happen. So really see yourself as this could happen. I, if it's not a dream, I could make it reality. And with this full solar eclipse, this total solar eclipse in Sagittarius, Sagittarius is about expanding. It's about seeking the truth. It's about fearlessness in many ways. It's about being able to expand beyond the mist. So why I'm putting the Sagittarius with the Neptune here, this Sagittarius new moon, which is really what we're talking about with this Neptune moving forward, is all about breaking down old belief systems, old systems that have kept us locked in, our fears, and because many of our fears are illusions false expectations of an altered reality. So this might be a time when you say, I'm not going to live by that belief anymore. I'm not going to stand by, I am ready to expand. I am ready to move beyond limiting beliefs. And those beliefs can be about something that you thought you were here for in this planet. I'm here to serve, I'm here to be helpful, I'm here to, to grow, I'm here to to reach my potential, but you know, I'm never going to reach it. I hear that often from people. They've bought into that idea that they're only this poor little thing that will never evolve to the fullness and they have to work hard at it to get there. And the truth is, no, you don't. You're already there. That's the illusion. So knowing that that, that divine light, that fullness already exists, what is it that you want to share into the world? I've, again, expressed this before, knowing that you're perfect now, what is the expression of that perfection into the world today? And this is really this emerging from the myths of illusion. At the same time, we're looking out into the world because this solar eclipse is actually conjunct the south node. The south node is where we come from. So it's, again, saying, what am I no longer going to be held back by? But South Node is also about the community. North Node to me is about individuality. So because the solar eclipse is next to the South Node, I think this is about a collective energy of change, not just an individual one. What are we creating as a collective? And I saw that in my travels, people who I just met on a plane or I might have just met on a boat or etc. And there was a collective energy for the good of mankind. There was a collective energy for truth. I got asked about my thoughts even by the immigration people in Cairo airport. It was just my beliefs, but they wanted to know. They, they said, well, tell us what you know. And it wasn't because I was telling them something. It's because they were already doubting something and they wanted more information. And that's what it's about. It's, it's about us sharing information, not causing others to say, if you don't believe what I'm saying, you don't exist in my world. It's much more about that sharing of information. 
And Sagittarius is about truth, as I say. It's a, its opposite sign is Gemini. So Gemini is the communicator, but Sagittarius is the greater communicator. It's like a truth that comes in from outer space. It's like an intuitive truth, an inherent truth. That's maybe a good way of me saying it. Gemini can get caught up with information that's much more basic. But when you're Sagittarian truths, there's something where you just hear it and know it's true. And when someone asks a question, they're not looking for me to give them information they don't already have. What they're looking for me to say is something that they already inherently know. Does that make sense? And I was listening to Gert van den Bosch talk about different levels of immunity. Now, again, move beyond the idea of immunity all being about germs, etc. Immunity is that sense of truth. Our immune system is a sense of knowingness, what is good for me, what isn't, what is innate in me, what is true in me. And so when we're talking about truth, he was speaking about that we have an innate immunity and we have a naturally acquired immunity. And then we have a vaccine acquired immunity. And I was fascinated because it was true that sometimes we think that all our immunity comes from having had the measles as a child or having had a vaccine, etc. But when he mentioned innate immunity, he did refer to babies and maybe picking up the immunity they did from their, from their mother. But I believe that we pick up innate immunity from our soul. Is that not true? There's things we know, truths we know that cannot be denied. In fact, we never ask anybody, is this right or wrong? Because it's a truth inside us. So I think we have innate truths, innate immunity, innate sense of rightness. I was going to say righteousness, but that might not come out right. But what I'm saying is Sagittarius is very much about the right, the, the truth, the fairness. And I think we're going to see far more of that be expressed what is fair what is true what is right and that excites me because this solar eclipse is not just going to be a one-day affair it's going to go on into next year certainly six months of next year and as that's happening we're also seeing that now being affected by the Pluto return that's happening to the US this is where I've spoken about before but the position of Pluto on the day of the birth of America is being affected again by Pluto coming all the way around and being in that same position. So all the beliefs and all the truths that were that led to the creation of the United States are coming up to be watched and looked at again. Is this still true? Does this still mean, is this how we, how as Americans, and appreciate not everybody is American if you're listening, but how as Americans you wish to live your life? Is this how you want to call yourself, to define yourself? And this is why you're going to hear more and more issues around the Constitution. At the same time, I heard that the this particular solar eclipse is absolutely directly conjunct to, Neptune, to the Neptune position uh, for the US. So again, 
it's really saying come out of the mists step up what is the identity of the us and what is it's not just for a country but for anybody who is living in the us or defines themselves in that way now i'm not saying the us is all important but every country goes through these uh, transits and at this time 2021 22 23 the the focus is going to be on the us it may be that the whole the whole uh, way in which the U.S. has defined itself collapses. It's 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 just a very important time for that restructuring, which is what we've all been going through individually, wherever you live. Who am I? How do I define myself? Do I exist when I am not working externally? Who am I inside? Is the inner part of me being expressed fully into the world? These are the questions we're all asking. And I'm hearing people saying, oh, well, I'm not there yet, or I haven't, I haven't perfected myself, or I have a long way to go. Please stop saying that. It's not true. Every one of us is already a perfected being. Those were mythologies, again, illusions, that other people use to keep us small. Ooh, you need a lot of healing. Ooh, you need to, you're never going to be perfect. Ooh, you're never going to be like me. Walk away from people who tell you that. That's the old paradigm, that solar plexus. How do I make sure you stay small while I feel great about myself? Walk away from those illusions. But when we do that, we have to take ownership of who we are. We can't keep looking for someone else's approval. So find what you like about yourself. And whatever you like about yourself, express that out into the world. So we've got this amazing total solar eclipse. We've got Neptune moving forward. We have a lot of movement happening all around the world. People are waking up, not to just one truth, but to their own innate immunity, as I could like to say now saying what is true for me what am i expanding into where do i wish to see myself being part of a community what does that community look like and i hope in all truth that we start to see some honesty about what's going on for people whether you've taken the vaccine or not i've just watched two soccer games where both of them had to be suspended for a time because there was someone ill in the audience. It's not okay that people are getting sick, falling down, having heart problems, and let's not say, what's going on? We cannot continue to see people suffer and keep saying, it's just a coincidence. As a doctor, that's the worst thing we can ever do. We are explorers, we are curious. Our job is to be detectives of health. And when health is taken a sideways turn, we need to say, what's going on? What's the effect? What's happening here? So I hope there's going to be more truth in there. I hope that individuals are going to ask more questions. So 
that's what's coming up in our time now. And I just wanted to share with you a few events that happened to me while I was in Egypt, really very much connected to my intuition. I'd gone there perhaps without expectations. I thought maybe I was going to get in touch with more of the feminine energy or or perhaps just reconnecting to something that maybe I connected to 40 years ago. But what I noticed is that there were many layers of mythology in Egypt. And I hadn't realized just what an influence the Greeks and Romans had had on what we call ancient Egypt. So we were seeing what they called recommissioned stones where basically temples have just been knocked down and rebuilt in another design at another age. And that was fine, but that was a lot of confusion going on. So it was almost like trying to read a book and someone had taken out several pages and then inserted some different pages and you thought this was the way the book ran. And I have to say, if I hadn't had all of the knowledge I had about the mythologies of the various levels, I might have just felt, oh, these Egyptians were, the Egyptians were just like this. But truthfully, the layers of mythology were amazing. And at one place, the whole of the temple complex had been covered by sand and debris for thousands of years. And to such a point that the people who wanted to build a mosque have built a mosque on top of this sand, this probably 30 foot, 40 foot sand mound. So now that the archeologists have cleared away all the debris, the entry point to that particular mosque was 40 foot high in the air, because that's what had appeared to be the surface of the earth at that time. And we kept seeing the same thing. It was as if there were layers of truth, layers of mythology, but when you cleared it away, you saw that everything had appeared in one space, but at different times. And so when I was traveling there, I'm trying to understand, okay, what were the influence? What's the mythology? So anything that's between 2000 BC and zero BC is what we call the age of Aries. And the age of Aries is the time of the ram. The, the masculine energy, the patriarchy was very strong in this time. It's a time of the hero, the warriors, lots of, if you all read the old Bible about smoting and killing and going to war, etc. And when I saw that, and then saw that some of the Sphinx, i.e. the images that had half man, half animal, and that the animal was the ram, I saw, oh my goodness, these ram sphinxes were specific to this time period, the age of Aries, 2010 years, 2100 years. And then when I read all that, or was told about the hieroglyphs of that time, it was all about wars. It was all about patriarchy. It was all about who's got the biggest statue. It was all about how do we honor ourselves. It was all about heroes. And I understood and appreciated that that was important for those times. But the pyramid builders were before that time. They were in what we call the age of Taurus. What's the age of Taurus? It's the cow, the cow with the horns, the nurturer, 
Hathor, Isis. And so we, we saw very different symbols in anything built between, let's say, 4,400 BC to 2,100 BC. You understand? So it doesn't matter where you are in the world, these influences were the same. So something that was much older at the time when the pyramids were built certainly had much more of a maybe egalitarian energy where masculine and feminine were both appreciated. And then you go back to the Sphinx itself, the, the, what we call the Sphinx, which we see as a lion with a human body. Or, and we then start to see, I should say, a human face on a lion's body. We then start to see that that was probably built in the time of Leo. And that is way back, probably 10,000 BC. We believe that that was around the time when Atlantis went down. So there was the great flood at that time. So I'm saying that because by being able to understand the different levels of humanity, we can understand what's going on for us. And when we go to a sacred place, we can see that many layers are happening at one time. So beyond that, I just want to mention maybe three other features. One of the facts that I learned was that the pharaohs or the kings would create many statues of themselves because they believed that they, they could come back from spirit into these statues and appear before people and they would come through what was called a, a false or a fake door. So you saw these doors and then the statues around. And it was understood that if I wanted to give an offering to that king for him to take care of me, I would give the offering to the statues. So the statues literally represented this king and therefore his spirit was in the, the, the statues, but basically he wasn't there. So this was a way of bringing offerings to the different statues. But at, at one site we went to, many of these statues had been broken down, destroyed. And so it literally was a cemetery of broken statues. And what my intuition sensed was that because the statues had been broken down, the spirits, the part of that king, that had come through that door and entered that statue had then got trapped on this earth. And I felt the sadness, I felt the, 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 the trappedness of these souls. These souls could not return home. I should say these bits of spirit could not return home to the light. So one of my jobs was to actually help these spirits to return to the light. And to ask those kings or all those beings to whom these spirits belonged to call their spirits home. Because truly, these beings were life lost in that twilight zone. That was one experience. Another experience I had was going to Saqqara and to the Serapium, where you have these very large boxes granite boxes underneath the earth. Now, everybody wonders how they were ever maneuvered there. Why were they built? They have very strong, heavy lids. But I'm fairly sure that these may have been connected, as some people say, to the development of 
of seeds, using the energy. But there did seem to be a very strong connection to the fact that there was sound. These boxes were made in such a specific way using a very specific stone that the dimensions encouraged the resonance of sound. And when I was in this place, I could feel beneath my feet this amazing energy, this earth energy that I've often called serpentine or dragon energy. And literally it was swirling under my feet. And interestingly, a number of the women who I was traveling with said, I almost feel seasick here, they said. Uh, I almost feel the earth is ground, the ground is moving. And we could all feel as if we were being pulled into the earth, as if there was a really strong magnet pulling us into the earth. And it felt as if the people who had built these containers, is the word I'm looking for, had actually understood that with sound, they could actually bring this energy, this creative energy of the dragon energy, serpent energy, up from the earth, enter it into these containers that may have had seeds in them or may have actually been a place where you would have lain down inside and received that energy of healing. And I am sure that that was true. And as I was walking up and down the ground on the ground there, I started toning myself. And I was amazed how with a certain tone that I used, I could feel this energy uh, go from almost a horizontal energy to a more vertical energy and start to come through the ground, start to fill the boxes. It felt as if when the right tone was used, this energy could enter the containers and really bring fertilization and new energy to the world. And I think my final story I'll tell is about, I went to the Valley of the Kings and this has been seen as a cursed area because it is believed that when they took the, the gems and the jewels out of Tutankhamun's tomb there, um, it was seen as this was a cursed experience. And I heard that many of the guides didn't actually like going there. They, would, they were happy when they moved away. Now, I didn't know any of that, but as I was actually in that area and actually starting as we started to move away from the area, I looked up and there's this amazing pyramid-shaped mountain. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's the power place. And the pyramid-shaped mountain looked like a curled serpent. And what I sensed as I sensed into it is that the tail of this serpent had been trapped or been caught by those digging, the, the builders digging into the mountain to put their tombs inside there, but they hadn't considered that the tail of the serpent would be hurt would be trapped by them digging into this tunnel, digging their tunnels into this mountain. And I actually sense that this, what I learned later was a cobra, was pretty upset that she hadn't been asked if these tunnels could be built into her. And hence she had actually, in some ways, cursed the whole area. In my way, I asked her what she needed and she said, she needed even just the acknowledgement that she had been entered without permission. 
and I thought how many times we have entered Mother Earth without permission. We've caused her so much damage through a desire to raid her gems or to build our tombs, whatever it is. And I think that I know that the people there are always trying to please her, but she needs to be healed. She needs to be understood that you can't just mine into a mountain or build your tunnels or dynamite something without consequences. And so I leave you with those thoughts. As you know, I have a great love of Mother Earth. I have a great connection to this Earth energies. And to me, we are being called now to not look at what we can achieve in the outer world, but how we can cooperate with each other, with our cosmic selves, with our bodies, with the earth, because nothing is worth it if we have no respect and honor for the world we live in and the people and the beings we live with. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.